0: Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 8. That's where the Bible reading will be taken from. From verse 5 to 20. I'll be using the New King James Version. The Lord also spoke to me again, saying, Inasmuch as these people refuse the waters of Shiloh that flowed softly, and rejoice in Razin and in Remaliah's son, now, therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river, strong and mighty, the king of Assyria and all of his glory. He will go up over all his channels and go over all his banks. He will pass through Judah and he will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck. He will reach and the stretching out of his wings will feel the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. Be shattered, O you peoples, and be broken in pieces. Give ear, all you from far countries. Gird yourselves, but be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, but be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. Speak the word, but it will not stand, for God is with us. For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that these people call a conspiracy. Nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel, for the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And when they say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living, to the law and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to this word it is because there is no light in them this is the word of the lord now I
1: prepare, but the lord has given me this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and i've been filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding as a result of this i am walking in a manner worthy of the lord i am pleasing him in all respects I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. And I begin, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Now, understanding again, that's your portion today in the name of Jesus. Can you just turn around to three people around you? Bless them with a blessing. Say, understanding is your portion. Healing is your portion. Healing is your portion. Wisdom, divine direction. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All right, so we are going to begin to come to an end of the series we have been on, on how to
2: build our faith. And what we have been talking about is the fact that faith must be built. Because without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. Our, the primary assignment we have in life is to please God. The Bible says that all things were created for His pleasure. It said by His pleasure they were created, and for that reason they exist. So what we are doing on this earth is to live and walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects. Our assignment is to bear fruit in every good work, to please God in all respects. And they say, without faith, that is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible. So we should realize that our faith must never be allowed to go down. Our faith must never be allowed to go down. Let me say something that we need to keep reminding ourselves of. Faith is a substance. It's like a bucket of water. It's like liquid in a reservoir. It gets used constantly, so it must constantly be replenished. It gets used constantly, so it must constantly be nourished. It wears out. Again, let me remind us of something we have said before, that one major problem with Christians is that we equate knowledge with faith. But they are not the same thing. Knowledge and faith are not the same things. That is, the fact that you have information does not mean you have faith. Let me say that again. The fact that your mind, your heart is full of information, scriptures now, does not mean you have faith. It is possible to have a lot of information, and the heart does not have faith. It is possible for the heart to have faith, to have had faith before, but right now, the faith has gone down. And like I was saying, that's where the confusion often is. Because the fact that you have something in your heart, information, will give the impression to you that... Yes, things are still okay. Unfortunately, it may not be like that. That is the reason why an old prophet, old prophets are very, that is, they stand a serious risk of backsliding and not know. That's one thing I want to bear in mind. That's why Paul said, let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. Let him that thinks he stands should do what? Take heed lest he falls. That many times people have already fallen and they don't know. That's what the problem is. They are already down, and they do not know. Let me let you know a very good sign. This has been my own experience. While you know your faith is down, one, the number one, listen, the number one, that's what I think. You can disagree with it. I find something a better indication that your faith is down. is a sign is that you start falling for sins you didn't used to fall for. You catch yourself telling lies. You didn't used to tell lies. That's number one. It's not inform not what you can quote. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. It is now you know, they, they they start saying things, you know, like you start you, you join people who are bragging. You never used to be a bragging person. I hope you're getting my point. You were happy, you were content. Next thing that you start feeling inferior to people. It's a sign that faith is down. It's look, it's not this society. When you join those who are criticizing the government, your faith is down. When you're just those who are, you know, angry with the society, your faith has gone down. I hope you're getting my point. And that sign that your faith is down, you start falling sick anyhow. That's I find, is the second sign. You you could go for three years, you won't even know what they call fever. Now, headache. After six uh, after six weeks, now everybody they say that uh, Apollo is in town, you join. They say flu is in town, you join. Everybody is catching uh, 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 cough and kata, you join. I'm not saying cough and kata is a sin. That's just, I guess it's a sign that your strength is down. That's just the way it is. So stop getting angry with people. Do you understand what I'm saying? You start, when you join the complaining group of people, you know, it's not my fault, you know, the country. Once I start hearing Buhari, Buhari in your mouth, you are not. Only, your faith is not only down, you have become a sinner on top of it. Always pointing fingers. You know, we had this argument in our Brethren's Child group in the last few days, like <laughs> over the last two days. We have been there. People saying that white man, it irritates my body when a black man starts blaming the white man for his troubles. The white man kept the black people down. I said, why were you not up before he came? You forgot that before he came, the whole of Africa did not have one single story building. Ask the architects. I heard it from their mouth. And we had our own civilization. Civilization was, that was doing what? They say black man was the one. T- I'm about to get in that direction. I just caught myself. Let me sit on my message. No, I just realized I was about to go off. No, I won't go there. Even though you want to hear the gist, I will not go there. Let me preach my message for today. So you start joining those who are looking for who to blame. Pointing fingers here and there. Is a sign your faith is down? Is a sign your faith is down? Suddenly, so you can't see anything good around anymore. You used to be a very happy person. Now, why is your faith down? It's circumstances. It's the pressures of life. They, look, that's how it is. You know, I said that faith is like a substance that can be used up. It's a substance that can be used up. You know, things that, you know, because every day you get up in life, you face challenges, and they draw away from your faith. They are, they are using it up. You, have, you know, it's going away. It's going away, little by little. You have the responsibility to fill it up. I was saying something earlier that old prophets have a problem. They don't realize it because they have so much experience to fall back on. They have stories to tell you of how they used to walk with God. They have stories to tell you of how they had the visitation of the Almighty. They have stories to tell you of how the power of God flowed through their hands many years ago. Those stories are there. And it gives them the impression that they are are senior Christians. Do you understand my point? And that's the problem with old prophets. They suddenly start start feeling superior to everybody. And you know one of the things I found out for those who God used very early in life. This is just my own thought, you know. If God started using you early in life, work extra hard on humility. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. Work extra hard on humility. Work extra hard on humility. There were two pastors the other day, they were, you know, they were they had chorus in Nigeria. And one there was the way one rebuked the other one. Say when we're walking with God, we're, we're still singing for the devil. I said, Jesus, that is what the problem is. You are now an old prophet. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You are now an old prophet, but you still think that gives you the right, you know, the, the seniority privilege above other people. You don't know that God has moved to the new prophets, and he's now speaking through them. You were in that city with Jeroboam. God did not send you. He sent another prophet from afar. Why? You're so used to Jeroboam now. And you're still bragging on the fact that, uh I was, I mean, I was in the field plowing with 10 mules and 15 donkeys. They're telling stories. And then, then, then uh, 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 another Elijah, Elijah uh, cast his, uh, uh, what do call it, mantle upon me. And you're telling that story. Because 50 years ago, you came into ministry. At the age 17. And you not think everybody should wash. You don't know your faith has gone down. Prosperity is also very good at weighing out people's faith. And you are eating and you are full. Read it in the Bible. God had to give them a warning. A time will come, you will eat, you will be full. You start taking the name of the Lord in vain. You say, my strength got me this strength, that it is this wealth. By the strength of my power, I've collected it. That's what prosperity does. It makes you comfortable. Because when you didn't have it, you prayed. When there was trouble around, you knew how to rise up. You know? When everybody is sleeping, you woke up at 1 a.m., you understand? And spent two hours you know, just giving the Lord praise, worshipping, and receiving instructions from the Spirit. But now you are so full, you are so busy. You didn't even go to sleep till 1 a.m. So I'm talking about waking up at 1 a.m. to pray. 1 a.m. you are still doing business. You have money to solve everything. Your faith is not being exercised anymore. Because prayer is very important. Communion with God in prayer and with the word is one way we nourish our faith. You know what I found out? This life, hey, God. Paul said, let him that thinks he stands take heed, lest he what? False. If you read Hebrews chapter one and into chapter two, he said, "Let's be careful. Let's these things slip away from us. This they slip away. They slip away. You think it's there? They'll just be leaking bit by bit. Look, you can fetch a whole. You know, maybe you pump water to a one thousand uh, gallon overhead tank, and they just leave one tap in the house open. Top, tom, and the whole family travels. After one week, you will be surprised. This tom, tom, the one thousand gallons will finish." And you will not be argumenting in the family. Did you pump this water or did you not pump the water? Ah, You say, I pumped it now. How come it is empty? It is simple. Tom, tom. <coughs> you see, drip, drip, drip. That little drip emptied 1,000 gallons. Young you say something those days. That a Christian walk, life of faith, is like cycling up a hill. The moment you stop pedaling, you are rolling backwards. It's not whether you tried to roll backwards or not. The reason you will start rolling backward is that you stop pedaling forward. Let me just drop this again. Please stop, stop going to a church where they destroy your faith every Sunday. Find another place. You know, I, I, I'm not going to start a church, so I'm not inviting you to come and join Kingdom World Church. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. I'm just begging you. Your faith is precious. Your faith is precious. Run away from false doctrine It's very important. When people every day they are lying to you, run away. Run! I am not joking. I don't understand why Christians are so religious. They think they owe a denomination their allegiance for life. Did they die for you? Let me tell you what. They will kill you. The man that did not die for you will end up killing you. I don't know why I said that. Nobody sent me. It was not part of my message. I'm very, very serious about it. There was one young man in this city that died. When I heard the story, he wanted to leave that church. He was trying to leave. The day he died, he was still thinking of leaving. I, I, you know what I feel? I, this is what I feel. After a while, I mean, God had told him for a long time. He had showed him signs and symptoms of you must go away. But the man was this allegiance to man was so strong. After a while, God said, this boy will never learn. So, they said, take him. And the Indians came and collected him. A young man told me something once. He said, there was a church he was attending. Very committed. The whole family, they were there. And after a while, he got up one day and resigned. said, he was leaving. And this is one of these churches that they run tightly, where the pastor is... You know, there are people that... <laughs> The name name of the pastor, the head of the organization, is like, God, please wait. Pastor is talking. You know that kind of attitude? Yes. He said he found out that he had gotten himself into that kind of situation. So they called him. The man said, why are you living? He said, sir, one day I found out that I feared you more than I feared God. He said, I realized that was not healthy. That why would I fear a man more than I fear God? So, sir, so that this faith will be rearranged. I need to go. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your faith with all diligence. When you are moving from Enugu, you know, to Abakaliki, you are moving from Abakaliki to Afibo. You know, I'm just going one way. <laughs> Let's now go to the more common way. You are moving from Enugu to Lagos, going to Abuja, going to Johannesburg. <laughs> you know, that one is now trending. <laughs> going to Pretoria. You are going to anywhere in Europe, somewhere in Australia. Please, before you worry about your pocket, worry about your faith. I hope you are getting my point. Be concerned about your faith first before you are concerned about your pocket. I have found out that people usually reverse it. Concern for their pocket is ahead of concern for their faith. People get up, both a great distance, go and apply for a job. They go and. Uh, working is good, it's part of Christianity. Okay? But you know, when people want to make decisions a lot of time, all we ever consider that men, the job is good, they pay well, the environment is nice. Person will not tell you, I located that. Ha! This man we have always been listening to, his church is just 15 minutes' drive from where I will be staying. Do You hardly hear that. Why do you choose this job over the other one? Ha. You hardly hear Christians say that I discovered that here I can close on time. Yeah, there's this program, they're doing this particular ministry where, you know, they teach the word, so I just realized that even though I'll be any less here, but I have more time to go and feed myself with God's word. You hardly hear that. If people have done it, I've seen people do it. Many times people have told me here in Enugu. People travel to Enugu, come and look for one young man, he's left now, because the season to go had come. If he needs serving in Abia State, he came to Enugu. He was just going. In fact, he said where he was working. He just went, they just went and knocked. please, I need a job here. He said, well, I'm not hiring. He said, Does it doesn't matter. I'm not asking for pay. I just want to just sit down and be idle. So they employed him. Why did he come to Enugu? He said he needed to sit down here and hear the word for some time until he's full. Then he will know when it is, it is time to go back to where he's coming from. So after he arrived, he was just going, some, looking for work anywhere, just to be busy. Of course, after I worked with them free for a few months, they finally started paying him. But the reason why he came to town was not to earn money. It was to come and load up with the word of God. So some Christians do it. I'm not people don't do it. But not enough do it. When we want, like, today, that's the discussion my brother was still having. One of our sisters she said it. All right? That we often don't value, that this one we're talking about, a, a country is good, a country is bad. Most of our parameters as people, there are constant power, you know, uh, constant uh, water, road, that's all. And, if, and when we talk about it, you know, sometimes when I see Christians talk, there are people that I just made up my mind, believers. You know, these days, WhatsApp up many child groups. So I encounter, I mean, of course, I, I mean, a few child groups that are just purely believers, but I mean, quite a number that are not, and they're just a mixture of people. You understand? Because of um, academics and stuff like that. And of course, some of those chat groups, which I'm tired of them, are limited to the reason, to the professional. You don't get my point. But they won't. You'll be posting all kinds of rubbish there. Now, this is where I'm going. Sometimes you are not hear Christians. That's when you hear Christians talking. And I just made up my mind. Some people are, are posted. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, They are vaccinated and they don't know it. They have no idea. And you see the reason in a moment. Because like we read in our Bible reading, to the law and to the testimony, if they don't speak according to this word, it's because light has not dawned on them. You hear people talk, you know there's no light in them anymore. They may have had light before, but not anymore. Because they will claim to have faith. And the truth is that Christians, you know, let me say it again. This Christianity is radical. It's not a church. It's not a religion. It's not a feel-good thing. It's not another one of those things you buy to solve certain problems. This is how you, you, you get healed of incurable diseases, church. So you have all kinds of things. You don't add that one to it. No, that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a total life. It swallows you entirely. It affects how you see in the morning. How you interpret the weather. Everything. What about say, When you want to talk about anything in life, your faith must reflect. Many people, listen, their faith leaked long ago. But because they have a history, I used to be a Bible teacher. I've written one or two books. They feel like they are good. Paul said, listen, let him that thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he falls. Very important statement. Why does he say that? He may not know. He slips away gently, gradually. And that's why I'm talking about it again. We must be careful to build up our faith. We must be. We must be. That's. What I'm just trying to summarize why we've been doing all of this you know, for the last um, quite a while now. We've been teaching on this. It's very, very crucial. Because without it, you can't please God. Let me say it again. You'll be standing in front of Jesus like this, and you'll be sinking. Even though he's the one that commanded you to do what you did. The fact that it is God you that you bid to start something does not mean, does not guarantee it will work. When Peter left the boat, who did he obey? Answer me now. Jesus. Who did he obey? Jesus. Did he sink? Yes. Did he sink along the line? Yes, was that proof Jesus didn't call him? No. Sinking is not proof that somebody was not called. Though. Because these are the confusions, alright, that we have had. A man will tell you that God spoke to him. He left what he was doing and maybe started another thing. He left everything behind. Resigned his job. Moved from one city to another. And then you expect everything will will go well. And then the things don't work well. Along the line, he starts suffering. Suffering shaves his hair. Suffering removes his jacket, removes his shirt, until he's wearing one tattered singlet. Eventually, he dies suffering. And then people will now go and start saying, that's how this Christian will say God called them. You know the truth? God called him. God called him. Just like he called Peter. If Peter had drowned, it didn't change the fact that it was the word of the Lord Jesus he had when he stepped out of the boat. That's why the Bible tells us, Hebrews chapter 6, that we must be followers of those who through what? Faith and patience. Faith and patience inherit the promises. What is patience? Patience is faith that we do not allow to fail. Patience is faith that we do not allow to weaken. Patience is faith is an instant thing. Patience is when we draw that faith over time. I hope you're getting my point here. That is, this is patience. Jesus said to Peter, Come. And Peter said, Now that I have come, you know you quote, I have stepped out of the boat. Hey, once I've left my Egypt, I have to enter this promised land, otherwise I perish in the wilderness. So the discipline of faith is that now that Jesus said come and I have taken out of the boat, oh boy, there's nothing else to do but to succeed or drown. So what do I do? I will fix my eyes on that Jesus. The man who said to me, come, he's in front of me. I will fix my eyes on that Jesus. The wave will be blowing. You understand? The wind will be blowing. The wave will be tossing us up and down. But I will refuse to remove my eyes from that Jesus. Because many people have drowned and they have become a testimony of the fact that obedience to Christ is wrong. That is, they say Christians, are. you know, look at them. They say they are believing God. They start mocking. And when they want to mock, a stories they tell. Somebody who believes God left a comfortable job he was in, a comfortable career, focused on, decided to do something else, and he drowned. You know the one that makes me laugh. Today I was thinking about it, Robert Mugabe. You know he died about two days ago, and all kinds of things have been said about him. And I read one on BBC, and they said that he superintended over a collapsing economy, as if he made the economy collapse. I said, look at human beings. They, t- they can lie. They can tell lies. I said, did he collapse the economy? No. United States and United Kingdom killed his economy. They did it deliberately because they were angry with him. I'm not saying whether he did was good, what he did was good or bad. But why his economy went down and gone to zero was because United States and United Kingdom made up their mind it will happen to try and squeeze him out of power. Then they turn around and they are blaming him. I said, what kind of wicked human beings do we have on this earth? They will never tell you that that economy was ruined by their sanctions. Now this is not political talk. I'm not saying they are right or wrong, but they are bullies.
0: I don't (laughs) know whether you're
2: getting my point. But I'm trying to say something here. The same people that help Christians lose faith are the ones that will start telling them, we want them. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. Sometimes your father tells all the dangers of this world if you leave that place and start something else. How a government job is very secure. How you can't live there and pursue any destiny. He calls you every other day to remind you. And of course, out of respect, you don't know when you have to obey God and ignore man. Out of respect, you have to be careful. Out of honor, your father, your mother, you carried it beyond the level. You kept on talking to him. You don't know if you should change your number. You don't know if you should lose your phone because of your father. And then You get a new number to talk with people of faith. Please, let me say it again. Talk with people of faith. Look for them. Hang around them. Locate them. Locate them. Find them. One of our brothers started misbehaving one time. Israel went to him. They used to come around with us then. We don't see him anymore. Israel went to him and said something, which is very, very true. He said, I don't have any problem, you know, you know like, well, I just have one question to ask. Who are your friends now? That is now you have ignored us. You have left the rest of us. Who are your friends now? Who do you talk to? He said, that's what I just want to know. Because that was his concern. You avoid the company of the brethren. Israel went to Israel and said, just tell me, who do you confide in now? Because we are men, you know, we are young people. He was telling him, life is real. We will have challenges. Your father will annoy you. Your mother will annoy you. Money will run dry. Something bad will happen. When it happens, who do you call? Who do you tell? Well, let's meet somewhere. And you just talk to. I hope you are getting my point. He said, who is the person? Of course, bros has nothing to say. Is a sign your faith is down? Anybody that makes you feel depressed anytime you finish talking, is that like what you are doing is wrong or the, talking to the person is wrong? One day one that told me that there's a sister that anytime she talks to him, you know, counseling and all of that, that when she's gone, he, he can hardly get up. That's how much she subs his spiritual energy. And, and I asked him, i like, like is it by force you must talk to her? You know there are people like that. When you finish talking with them, you, are in, you know you know virtue will have left you and nobody is getting healed. And then when virtue left Jesus, somebody got healed. Your virtue just, you know, it vaporized into the air. Boom. Suddenly, everything starts looking darker. Your white shirt looks gray now. Something that was glossy before to you now looks dull. What? It sounds funny, but that's, how, that's that life. Oh. Your eyes will start seeing things in a different color. Mark that fellow. Next time he says, Are you home? Say, Please, uh, hello, please, let me call you back in one minute. Quench the phone. Then go outside. Then I call back say, What did you say? Are you home? No, I'm not. <laughs> if you had answered a minute ago, you would have been a lie. But now you have left the house. Are you home? No. No. Tell And I, was, I just left the household. <laughs> and then go somewhere far. Don't visit me. Thank you. And it's, The point I'm just making all of that is that God is your faith. You know those who, they, they drain it. They, they just they drain your faith. They discourage you from, you know, obeying truth. Because it's not practically, you know, it's not benefiting you. When they finish talking with you you, start, you, you start looking sad. Don't ever forget it. The world has one duty. To make your faith go down. That's why there's no news. Except something bad happens. It's rare for good things to make new the headlines and stay on for a long time. But the bad one, ah. That's why I call CNN calamity news network. The way to make CNN stop covering something is to look for another calamity. I've not watched CNN seriously in a very long time since Donald Trump took office. I took my eyes away from CNN. I, I catch them once in a while, usually when I travel and maybe I'm in a hotel or something. What's my reason? I just say nothing personal. I mean, like what I mean is that I'm not siding Donald Trump because I got tired of when a whole network exists just to undermine one man. Don't you have another job? And I found I was not the only one. Almost everybody I know has done that. Because the only way to make them change a topic is to bring up another calamity. See, uh, Hurricane Dorian. I've not seen, watching it, I can, but I can assure you, they've been in the Bahamas showing us all the devastation. The only way to make them leave the Bahamas is Dorian should destroy Florida. When he destroys Florida, Florida, they will come there. And when it has been destroyed in Florida, they will stay there until somebody shoots five people. Then they will go there. At the end of the day, you think the only thing happening is trouble. Bad things are happening. That's why, <laughs> you know. the other expecting guests from America. Then they sent a mail. That's my office. Because some reverend fathers mounted a peaceful protest in front of government house. So they wanted to know how it is in the Thank God I wasn't the one that answered the meal. One of my colleagues answered very nicely. Ah, see the answer where you give the meal. I said, Thank God for your life. My own answer is I wanted to remind the people answering asking me. You're coming from America where a man just entered the mall and shot 20-something people. And you're asking me why are our reverend fathers are protesting. I don't know whether you're getting for it. <laughs> the person asked, is coming from where? One man just entered the mall and shot twenty something people and killed them. He's asking me that uh, Reverend Father has gathered in front of government house. Whether it's safe to bring Americans to Enugu? I say it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Now, condition make man like this. If things were normal, I say, bros, if they are killing people on the street, don't come again. Leave them. Leave them huh? Stay where they were shooting the mall. Now, I'm not blaming the person really. I'm blaming, blaming the news. Of course it wasn't in the news. That's what the world does. Fill your face with negative things all the time. Everything that is bad, it will fill your face with it. And like I say all the time, it's not neutral. It's not neutral. It's a spiritual activity. It's undermining things for you. And if your faith is down, you will sink. If your faith goes down, you will sink. And the problem with it is that when you have gone down now, they will not say we said so. They will not realize that it was because they were saying so, and you were foolish enough to pay attention to them. That was why your faith went down, and then you sank, and then you confirmed to them that they were right. Then they have moved to another person to go and finish his faith, so that he or she may sink too, so they can know they are right again. I'm just telling us that's why we're doing this series. If God speaks to a man, and his name is Moses, and Moses is called from the wilderness at the age of 80, and he's equipped with power to do miracles, to do signs, so that his words are confirmed when he will utter them. And he sets out on that mission to go to Egypt to go and deliver the people of Israel listen to me, it does not guarantee he won't die on the way. Sometimes it is the same God that commissioned him that kills him. Why? If he does not do the things that are right in the process of obeying God. Let's bear that in mind. Please, people can fail even though they started with faith. That's what I'm trying to explain. They need to continue with faith if they are going to ultimately succeed. The story of Moses, you know it. In Exodus chapter 4, God stopped on the way to kill him. And one thing I'm setting off, that there are other Moseses that have died. And their stories are not written for us in the Bible. So we assume that every Moses made it back to Egypt. No, it's not so. So if you have been called, you had great visions as a young man, as a young woman, the spirit of faith inside your heart made you start believing great things. Remember, at that point, anytime Jesus is conceived, Satan starts looking for who will kill him for him. I hope you're getting my point. So life will start with destiny, you know what they call destiny destroyers? Yes, destiny destroyers exist, just not the type you hear from in MFM. No not, 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 not those types. Destiny destroyers are not witches. Destiny destroyers are not uncles that don't like you. The uncles that actually destroy your destiny like you. Yes, they do. They give you money. They give you worldly advice. Forget all these lies that they say. That any auntie that say you will not prosper today, they will die. Nobody is going to die for you. Forget that nonsense. Forget that rubbish. God doesn't want to kill anybody right now. Because you had the problem. It's you he's trying not to kill. You are talking about killing somebody else in the village. There are destiny destroyers. They exist. But not the way people try to describe them. What are destiny destroyers? Okay. Let me put it like this. There are de- there are people that, are, there are things that are what? And there are people that are who are destiny destroyers. You get my point? So we can talk about what are destiny destroyers. And we can also talk about who are destiny destroyers. Let me talk about destiny destroyers. Who, the who? The who. First, is not a witch. A witch cannot do anything to you. The devil cannot even puncture your tire. You know I've said that one before. I hope you're aware of it. I hope you know I didn't lie. Okay, after I said it, did your tire go down? If you really had that power, she'll who would have leaked all our tires to prove to me. You now come and say, Pastor, that thing you said, none of us got home without changing tire today. He can't. Witches can't kill you. They can't even make you dream bad dreams. Your bad dreams only come up as a Christian when you are thinking bad thoughts and you are watching bad movies. There's no reason why you should be watching horror movies. Horror movies are made by Satan worshippers to undermine your faith in spiritual things. To make Satan look more powerful than he really is. Don't ask me why. As a young boy, I loved horror movies. Don't ask me why. I look back and I didn't know the kind of foolishness that was. Don't worry, I didn't watch too many of them before God killed me. As a fresh graduate, I found that I could not go out in the dark. I don't know what I grabbed I wasn't a child anymore. One day I want to go out at night. I get scared. Ah! I said, what is going on here? Then I realized the last movie I watched. I won't tell you the name so you won't go and watch it to check. To check. <laughs> I still remember this name. Now, after that, that was the last time I saw a horror movie. After that time, if you, if I get somewhere, the show, I will close my eyes, I will switch it off. Didn't even allow my children to watch cartoons that scare people. It's needless. All the horror movies I saw, there was not, it was there was only one, one episode of Hammer House of Horror, only one episode in which the devil was destroyed in all of them and all the other movies I saw even when they looked in no course they were not even classic horror the devil was never destroyed go and check it the evil is never destroyed when they finish burying all the zombies and everything once they, as the film is coming to an end you see one grave begin to open <laughs> one grave will begin to open You already know to be continued. (laughs) That's how it is. So that's where your bad, your bad uh, dreams. That's where they come from. The witches can't give you bad dreams. They are having bad dreams themselves. (laughs) And I need to say these things because a lot of some pastors should be put out of ministry. And Father God, I'm asking you in the presence of your people, put them out of ministry. Yes, they, they need to because what they do is magnify Satan, make the people of God afraid. Most of the time, what so that they can bring offering for deliverance. that not no wickedness. Some of them are totally ignorant, some are purely wicked. They just want to collect that offering. Listen destiny destroyers are not witches. They are not, that's what I'm emphasized. The who that are destroyers of destiny are the people that are reasonable. And they reason with you on how to preserve your life. They are the destroyers of destiny. You hear what I said? The people that are reasonable. They reason with you on how to preserve your life. You say, what do you mean? Let me explain. Just by the way, I found out that many parents are destiny destroyers for their children. Christian parents. I'm not talking about unbelieving parents. Many Christians. What do I mean? Look at how they make plans for their children. What they are saying is that don't take any risk with your life. Go and hide somewhere safe. They hardly teach the children that there is a destiny you must pursue. For them, don't give me any headache. Don't. So every plan is so that the children will be safe and not take any risk. That's destiny destroying. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. Why did I make that statement? It's simple. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said to him, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. They began to tell him things that the Christ must suffer. So that the destiny of the Christ will be fulfilled. And Satan said, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yes, Satan actually. <laughs> and Peter said, No, this must not happen to you. And Jesus turned. To the same man he just told, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He turned to him and said, Get behind me, Satan. It is why he said, Satan, that I'm talking about. He said, Because your mind is not set on the interest of God, but on the interest of man. And this Peter had just explained to Jesus, "I don't want you to die." That is a destiny destroyer. People who never encourage you to go beyond the limit in obeying God. People who never, all right, they always listen. Once you know, how you know? Satan counsel. It is an average counsel that this is the same as everybody else in the world is obeying. You can hear it from anywhere. You don't have to come to church to hear it. It's not founded on God's word. It's not founded on the sense of destiny. That's how you know it's satanic cancer. Satanic cancer does not look bad to the average you know, eyes or sound bad to the average ears. But how you know it's, it's satanic, you'll see a particular critical area where it breaks the rules of God. That's how you know it's satanic. Those are destiny destroyers. They are real ones. What are destiny destroyers? They are bad habits that Christians have imbibed. And they have refused to change. Listen. I remember I studied elementary mathematics. That is, well, the elementary now. Well, what they call further maths. I did further maths in secondary school. Then we used to call it additional mathematics. What do they call it now? Further maths, right? So we studied differentiation. And I remember dy, dx, the y, you know, do you understand my point? As, as something is approaching zero, the YDX is approaching... Sorry, delta Y over delta X is approaching the YDX. No, stuff like that. Now, this is where I'm going. In life, okay, the closer... It's like the speed of light. The closer you are to the speed of light... Okay, I started saying it. Let me finish saying it. The more difficult it is to increase your speed. Okay? You need more energy. Now, you see where I'm going. Christ is our ultimate. You never, you can't outdo him. But potentially you can match him. That is not heresy, that's the truth. The way the Lord designed it, you can match him. You can get to the very place he got to. You can please God to the extent that which, to to, to the extent to which he pleased God. And that is his desire. That is what he wants. That is what he died for, actually. Now, when I say that, when you're approaching the speed of light, it becomes more difficult to increase speed. You need to, you need a lot of energy. Now, in spiritual things, is how it works. When you're approaching the realm, the level of Christ Jesus, okay, it requires more self-denial. It requires shedding off of things that average people wouldn't imagine. That was sin. It suddenly puts such, such constraint on your life. I, I hope you get my point. That you know the truth, most people give up. Most people don't bother. It, you know, suddenly, to move further, you have to shed more weight. When I'm talking about weight now, trappings of life, concerns about life, worries, it can get to a point, what I want to say may sound funny, It can go to a point, Jesus will say to you, or the Holy Spirit will let you know that, I don't want to ever see you with more money than you need for two days. It may not be for everybody, but for some that will just be it. He said, what? Yes. That's just the cost of moving to another level. Now, you see where I'm going. Wherever you accept the dealings of God to get to in life, that is the maximum point that the destiny of God will be manifested in your life. Now listen. The full manifestation is what we we'll call a hundredfold. To move from tenfold to twentyfold is relatively easy. There are sins that easily beset you. You drop them. You stop lying. You stop saying this is easy. You move to t- twentyfold, thirtyfold. Then you get to sixtyfold. Prayer. You understand? True Christian fasting. You do all of that. Then when you get to ninetyfold... <laughs> Bro, let me tell you the truth. To move from ninety fold uh, to ninety one, you will shed more weight than you shed moving from sixty to ninety. Know the truth? That is where most people just leave it. Is, what is the point? After at ninety fold, they have outdone most people that ever lived. They've outdone most people that ever lived. Listen, I'm talking about destiny destroyers. Every counsel you listen to that reduces your ability for self-denial is denying you a bit of your destiny. Full destiny is manifested when Christ is fully formed. So it is not, ah, my destiny must manifest, it's Christ must fully form. When Christ is fully formed in me, my destiny automatically manifests. So when you are listening to a counsel, if counsel is not focused on developing Christ's character in you, the person is destroying your destiny. You know, when we talk about destiny destroyers, people you <laughs> go to church and be praying against destiny destroyers. It's funny. And what do they mean? Every auntie. I remember one funny pastor. I saw him TV the other day. I told my wife, I've forgotten him. He said, which one? I said, the one that was flying. <laughs> if I knew where your name, there, there are people hanging between the earth and the heaven to you know they have conjuring things against you. I fly. I also hang. And I jam them. Other <laughs> people just die for nothing. Just get up in the morning and start destroying. How can you just hang in the air? Jamming people on behalf of people. Are you alright? You so said they are hanging between earth and heaven and they are fa- The truth is that eh, what I'm going to explain is that nobody has that time. They have their own problems. They have to roof their house. They have to pay school fees. Things are going to happen. That's most people. But for those who really don't like you and they want to hang, let them hang. They cannot... Like, I hope you're getting my point. It doesn't affect where you are going. How many of you have seen this funny video? The man that appeared
1: <laughs>
2: to threaten that reverend gentleman. He wanted to disappear. He couldn't disappear again. So that He walked out through the door. He got there. The gate was locked. So he came and said, nah, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> the man said, you can't go. He said, but the gate is locked. sir. how did you arrive here? <laughs> he said, I appeared. He said, yeah, disappeared. <laughs> but he couldn't disappear. The disappearance wasn't working anymore. Listen, anybody that wants to hang between heaven and earth because of a Hebrew crash land... Don't say amen. It's not. I don't want. When you say amen, people think you are praying fire prayer. I'm not praying fire prayer. prayer. I'm stating facts. (laughs) Anybody that hangs with moon and and earth, that is where he conjures his his magic. Once he mentions your name, you know what they call Christland. I know the truth. The Lord won't tell you about it. Because if he tells you about it now, it becomes become a prayer point. You now mount the pulpit. Hmm. Last week some people were hanging. (laughs) Brethren in the name of Jesus. This week any hanging spirit becomes a prayer point. That's why God doesn't tell us about those things. He doesn't want us to focus on them. Israel did not know Balaam was hired. Yeah. They had a commandment to destroy anything divine. And they were going to do it. If you hire Balaam it's your personal problem your personal money, what they plan to do, they will still do. Their only problem came when they went into sin. I don't know. I'm just talking about that destiny destroying thing. So please, let's stop looking for destiny destroyers outside. They are not there. The real destiny destroyers are people like Peter, in quotes now, that comes to you, Jesus, to tell you you will not fulfill your destiny because it appears like hardship i remember a friend of mine. <laughs> funny thing happened that time. I resigned the job I was doing that was paying me those days two thirds of what I was earning. I resigned, and everybody thought it was crazy because you know life was hard. I resigned from earning fifteen thousand a month to now earning six thousand. You understand? Because the other job was paying me nine thousand now. Those days that was that's much more money than today's nine thousand. But you can get the proportion right, okay? You drop from earning fifteen to six, so it's. Of course, the talk was, people were talking, talking, talking. Even my mother talked. Ah, They were like, why would you do that? And my my answer was very simple. And let me say something to you again about spirituality. Spirituality does not mean you hate the spirit. Spirituality means when you want to make decisions, spiritual things are important to you and the word of God is final. I hope you're getting my point. That is spirituality. Spirituality is my friend whose son died. And a neighbor came and told her, Madam, we have found out the witch in the neighborhood that took the life of your son. And a grieving mother couldn't help it. She burst into laughter. She found the thought so ridiculous. I hope you get my point. She found the thought so ridiculous. She started laughing. I don't know what I get my point. You go and meet a woman whose child just died a few days ago. And you you know, everybody is consoling. They are consoling. So he came and said, ah, madam, we have found out, we're in church, we're praying, we now found out that one of your neighbors is a witch. And she's the one that kills the child. I hope you're getting my point. And in her grief, she burst into laughter. She didn't want to die laughing. She laughed and laughed and laughed. And told the woman, please, come and start going. He said, I will deal with this, this issue with me and my God. But nobody, can take the life of my child. You, come and start going. That is spirituality. I hope I get my point. Spirituality is I want to reason. And the word of God is final. Spirituality is that the Bible says there is no enchantment against Jacob. No divination works against Israel. So even though somebody dies in my house, I cannot accept that that scripture is wrong. That's spirituality. Back to my story. So I reasoned. Why did I drop my income it's simply because the other income was taking all my time. And I said, it was just simple reasoning. I said, I've checked. I'm only able to go to church twice in a month because I work two weekends a month. There was a time I felt really ill, partly because I was so stressed. As I finished work here, I've entered a bus jumped from here to there, to Ikeja, this one. You know, I, after one day I reasoned, this is not right. And I one day, I said to my soul, you are supposed to be a man of God. That is, of course, I wasn't in ministry yet, but ministry was going to come up. So I said, is this how aspiring ministers behave? You only manage to go to church twice in a month. I said, no, it's not right. So the only way to free my time was to lose two thirds of my income. So I did. Now this is where I'm going. And everybody thought it was crazy because come on, this country is hard. Life is hard. Where are you going to get money from? But you know what I kept on telling them? I said, because I need more money, does it mean I should die before the time that God will be able to bless me? No, and that was my logic. I said, the way I'm going, I will die early now. That was just my logic. So I was talking to one of my friends one day, just like I'm just seeing you now. I was not just seeing him. I said, can you imagine people think that what I did was very crazy? He said, yes, I think so too. <laughs> That's what I make him. He said to me, I think so too. I said, what? He said, yes, you can't see the logic in what I did. It's simple. I just realized that what mattered to them was not what mattered to me. That's all. That what mattered to them was not what mattered to me. Talking about destiny distress, if I had gone to people for counsel, and I said, look at this. I need this. I need that. I need that. But this is how I earn money. But now these are the issues. The only way to go forward is to cut off two-thirds of my income. Anybody that will say, oh boy, life is hard, though. A bird in hand is to in the bushel. Don't take that chance, though. The person has qualified himself or herself as what? A destiny destroyer. Jesus said, how do you know somebody speaking for Satan? He said his primary speech is directed at preserving your life. It's not about the interest of God. I can never give this kind of a, a teaching and not ex- use my friend, Pastor Correja, as an example. Many times, say pastor in northern Nigeria. When the crisis began, people called him. Move. In fact, somebody said to him, are you still there? He asked the person, you too? are you still in Abuja? I don't know whether you get my point. A man said, oh, you are still in Sokoto. He asked, are you still you? they asking me, are you still in Abuja? That they can't you really see how stupid your comment is? I have never come to ask you, are you still in Lagos? Because that you assume that where I am is a transit point. I don't say it like that. So everybody will say, come, it's ministry. You can do ministry anywhere. Why don't you move to Abuja? Let's, let me say it again. Safety is not the absence of danger. It is being surrounded by the presence of God. One of our brothers, you know, he wrote us a mail. It was so The day he died, I cried. He was a soldier. Writing, He wrote me mails from front line, fighting in Bono State. Fighting. I, look, how a lot of his colleagues had died in battle. Fighting Boko Haram. These Islamic insurgents. So I, I, he asked me, oh, look, so I'm not I'm good enough. At that time, Pasquari just... I just moved to Medjugorje. So I wrote him a mail. Told him, look, did they do that? How to contact Pastor Corrie? sent him. I called Pastor Courage. Do you have numbers I can give him? He gave me some numbers. His people. I gave the fellow. He called them. And he located the church. And Pastor Corrie said that this guy was dedicated. He would show up in church in uniform. If you don't see him in a church service, a church activity, then he's on active duty. Then finally... I think he sent me a mail or he told Pastor Courage that I was transferred out of um, Meduguri. The army now moved him to the west, western Nigeria. I was going. Do you know what? Going to report, he died less than 40 minutes out of Meduguri in a car accident. When Pastor Courage told me, I said, No, it has to be a joke. No, this this must be a joke. What? This man has survived bullets whizzing past him. His friend had been shot and killed while he watched. He had kindly wounded colleagues. He had been to battle day and night. He had seen all kinds of troubles. Didn't touch him. Then finally, it was Thanksgiving. Now he's out of danger zone. The army said, go somewhere else where there's no active trouble. Less than an hour, leaving the hot zone, he died peacefully. You remember peacefully now? Nobody shot at him. A lone accident, I think. Maybe tire blew or something. The car some assaulted and he died. Ah, i it, it, it was so hard for him to believe and to accept. He said, look at the way life is. Everybody was rejoicing. I'm sure when his wife heard the, that he's been transferred, she rejoiced. Probably called her that I'll be on my way now. That was the last phone call. That was the last time they spoke. See, what is his name? Stonewall Jackson said, I must save on the battlefield as I am in my bedroom, if I'm in the will of God. Please, let's get this clear. So then they told Pastor Christ, they would tell him, ah, are you still there? He used to get angry. While they were still saying, are you still in Sokoto? He moved to Meduguri. And while they were still saying, are you, you are not in Meduguri, he moved to Damaturu. Of course, he moved to Damaturu, but a lot of times he would tell us, oh, I'm on my way to Damaturu." I'm on my... And what, what is he doing? God just poured an apostolic grace upon him. You see him going around, encouraging the churches. Encouraging, when he gathers people, it's mostly ministers that gather. People that are discouraged and everything. And do you know, people will go to such a pers- person and say, are you still there? And I say, our Christianity is not real, it's not genuine. It's a destiny destroyer that will say, oh boy, that place is too dangerous. Come, come and stay in Abuja.'" Come and stay in Enugu. Come and stay in Oka. Come and stay in Lagos. I know God will now show you that safety is of the Lord. Trouble that you did not see when you were where things were hard will now come upon you in the land of peace. That Those are the real destiny destroyers. People that don't want you to take any risk with your life. Christians, listen to me. Stop living like average people. When you have to make decisions, ask yourself, how is this affecting my faith? How is it boosting my faith? How is it helping me to do the will of God for my life? That should be the primary thing that should be in your heart every time. How is this helping me?